Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Tonight, I have an interesting message. I've never, never preached on this, and um, after this tonight, maybe I won't ever again. Who knows? <laughs> it depends on you, but you're a good-looking bunch on this nice, rainy Wednesday night. You really are. Hallelujah. Yeah, he's going, ah, so. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, tonight, well, you know Sunday was Father's Day, and you know around here you can't really ever count on a seasonal message, right? So uh, the Lord had been talking to me about, about a Father's Day message, and I came this close to volunteering for Sunday. But since I did Mother's Day, I thought, well, he can do Father's Day. It's okay. But then he did something totally different, and it was wonderful. If you didn't get a chance to hear it, you need to. You need to hear it. it was wonderful on Sunday. But tonight, actually during the service on Sunday, the Lord said, well, there's no reason why you can't do it on Wednesday night. So we're going to have a Father's Day message tonight. How about that? Is that okay with you? Amen. I, I hope you still are, are shaking your head and smiling when I'm done. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll see. Hallelujah. Because you know what? It's important that we not only honor our fathers, but that we talk about what fathers are and what they should be and what they, what, how God sees them and what we need to be seeing in fathers in the time in which we live. Um, today's image of fathers has digressed and deteriorated to such an extent that it's not even funny. You know, I remember growing up, now I know there's a bunch of younger people in this audience tonight, and that's okay, but I remember back in the days of Andy Griffith. I remember back in the days of uh, Paul Cartwright and uh, the guy who was on The Rifleman. You know, there was a depiction of fathers back in those days in the media where a man was a strong man, where he was a leader in his home, where you could depend on him. He always had the answers. His family always knew he would protect them, that he would provide for them. But I'm telling you what, we have come to a place in life where we have seen what the Hollywood and the media has done to the image of fathers, and it's disgraceful. You know, what you see on sitcoms these days is that the dad is the bumbling idiot of the family. That the kids lie to him and the wife tricks him and goes behind his back and does things that she's got no business doing. And and it's just okay, you know, you'll get over it, you know, you'll be fine. What he doesn't know won't hurt him. And I'm telling you what, men have slipped into some things. Can I say amen? The population of men that we live amongst has slipped Beyond, below what God intends for you to be. You know, and it's time for that to change. It's time for that to take a turn. Hallelujah. It's time for us to to, to see men in, in our time stand up and be the men that God always intended for them to be. Pastor preached a sermon on a Father's Day years ago. It said, will the real Joshua please stand up? And so tonight I'm going to ask you pretty much the same thing. Will the real Joshua's please stand up? Uh, In Joshua, as a matter of fact, chapter 24, verse 15, I want you to go there with me. Hallelujah. I'm kind of feeling like I'm getting a little fired up here, so y'all just go with me, okay? Hallelujah. 
See, Mr. Silas is over there getting fired up. Hallelujah. Go for it, Pastor Nana. Go for it. Yay. All right. Starting in verse 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But listen to this. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, how many of us have had that saying on something that's in our homes? I've got, a, I've got a nice, beautiful picture. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's only one problem with these things. They're all in the same case. All in the same letter case. Let me tell you, if you read this thing that says, as for me, and you capitalize M-E, me, that is where fatherhood starts. As for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. If you go over to Genesis 18, 19, it's, now you don't have to turn there. It says, the Lord's talking, he said, for, he's talking about Abraham. He said, for I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him. Capitalize after him. And they will keep the way of the Lord. Listen, it starts with a man who knows God. And who God knows. It starts with a man who has put himself in a place where God can use him to the fullest to to successfully raise a family. And yet tonight, I want you to know that if you're a man sitting in in this auditorium tonight, that I'm talking to you. You may not be a father. But if you're a young man who one day will have a family... If you're just a young man, adult, I don't care what age you are. If you're a male, I want you to hear me tonight. It starts with you. A successful man in this life will start with somebody who knows God and who knows him completely, knows him intimately, knows him fully, does everything he can to keep himself in a place where God knows him. Hallelujah. Leadership in the home is the key to keeping a household in the way of the Lord. Leadership, and it's lacking today. You look around at society today in general, and what do we see? Houses, homes full of fatherless children where there is no leadership in the home. Now, that's not to say that that in in cases where there is no father present for one reason or another, that that a woman can't lead her home, but it's not the way God intended it to be. He intended for a mother and a father to be in a home, each to do the job that he has been ordained that they do, each to display the characteristics and the nature of God that has been put into them individually for that gender. And there are are certain things. I I talked about it on Mother's Day. You know, about the attributes of a woman, you know, and when it comes to being a mother. And she's, she's a part of God. God has taken some of his attributes, some of his nature, and, and he has f- developed it more fully in a woman than in a man. And yet he's taken part of himself and put into a man so that, that man is more fully developed in those particular areas. And I'm telling you what, leadership is one of the key things that God has put into a man. Why? Because he is to lead his home. He is to lead his home, not just go with the flow. It's not a democracy. We don't have family meetings to see what everybody wants to do. Dad is the leader in the home. Now, he's not the dictator. He's not the dominator. 
You know, it says over in, um, where does it say it? About, uh, about you being, about uh, honoring your wife because you are heirs together of the grace of life. See, there's a, there's a partnership in a home. There's a partnership. But ultimately, dad is the leader. And as young men, you need to grow up. You need to grow into maturity. You need to grow into the places where you are going to ready to be taking on the responsibilities of a family, of a wife, even just a wife. That's a family. And then adding children to it, you need to take on those responsibilities with a clear-cut vision of what your position and your role and your job and your responsibilities are. And the biggest one is to lead your family in the way of the Lord. The biggest one. You know, there are, there are just people who, who, uh, who say all the time, well, you know, yeah, yeah, my wife does a better job. That. No, 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 no. Your, job, your wife does a good job. But she doesn't do the job you're supposed to be doing. She cannot do the job you're supposed to be doing. No matter what situation a woman finds herself in, she still can't do the job as fully and as completely as the man of the house is supposed to do. She may have to fill in. She might be a widow. She might be divorced. You know, she might be a single mom and, you know, for a lot of different reasons. But she, she can't fulfill. She can be walking the grace of God, you know, to do what she needs to do. But that's not what God intended. God intended for men to take the role of leader in the home and to be that leader. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 11, 1, Paul made this statement. He said, be followers of me even as I also am of Christ. That is how you do it. Your family can follow you while you follow Christ. And that's the only way it's really going to work. They have to have something to follow. And you have to provide them something to follow. You have to live your life as a man in such a way that some woman, some child is eager to follow in your footsteps. Do we come from dysfunctional families? I'm sure all of us have dysfunction in our family somewhere. You know, somebody once said, my family put the fun in dysfunctional. You know, and that, but, it's, but it's not the way it was meant to be. You know, no parent is perfect. No parent will ever be perfect. But you know, we're perfectly willing to follow God and let him show us what to do, how to do things, how to, how to conduct ourselves and how to, how to train our children. You know, those are the places where you, where you live and you learn, you know, you don't learn, you know, our oldest son, you know, we were with him on Sunday afternoon. We left here and went to Tampa to spend the afternoon with them down there. And there's times I just shook my head and think, you know, bless your heart, Steve, you were the experimental version you know, we did all the, everything wrong, mostly with you, you know, because we didn't know any better, you know. But see, God knows that, but there's such a grace there. There's such a grace in parenting. You know, when you're expecting grace and you, you ask for grace and you walk in his grace, there's a grace there to get you through all those things that you don't know. Hallelujah. You know, but some, some men will say, well, my job is to provide for the family. You know, I, I'm, the, I'm the provider. You know, and that is exactly what God intends you to be, to provide for your family. Doesn't it say over there, and I think it was at First Timothy, that a man who won't provide for his family is worse than an infidel? It's up to, it's up to a man it's to, to take responsibility to provide for his family. But that is not your only job. 
It is important that you provide and you protect and you care for your family physically. But I tell you what, it is greater, more, more needful. It is of higher stature to provide for your family spiritually than it is to provide for them materially. And if the Bible says that, that a man who won't provide for his family materially is worse than an infidel, how much more so a man who won't provide for his family spiritually? Well, I'm getting a few amens. Hallelujah. You know, you do best to provide your family a life of faith. That's where you do best. You protect at all costs your family from things that would come in and would hurt them and would harm them, would hurt the relationships within your family. See, the enemy has has learned some tricks really well. He has learned to come in and to divide families, to cause strife and division between husband and wife, between parent and child. He's learned how to do this, to take the family, the unit that God ordained before he ordained anything else. He ordained the family. And the enemy is is doing his best to dismantle it in the days in which we live. And you see it so often. You just look around and you see the society that we live in. And you see that there are just so many homes that are just a mess. But a godly man who will provide for his family spiritually is exactly what this world needs. I'm telling you, it is. Hallelujah. It's important, men, how you carry yourself before your family. It's more important you carry yourself well before your family than, than in front of anybody else. You know, I, I've known of people who were one way at church and a different way at home. Listen, this is not a do as I say, not as I do world that we live in. Not from God's perspective. He wants us to be the same whether we're at home, whether we're at church, whether we're at the job, whether we're at the ball field, whether no matter where we are, he expects us to be the same. He expects you as men of God to be the same wherever you go. Hallelujah. Your, your children, your wife, they need something outstanding to follow. Your actions will always speak louder than your words. Always. Does that mean daddy's always perfect? No. But if daddy makes makes a mess of something, you know, daddy should be able to go back and say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have handled it that way. There have been plenty of times where I was right to discipline my children, but wrong in the way I did it. And for fathers, it can be the same thing. Right in the fact that you needed to discipline them, but wrong in the way you handled it. Wrong in the way you conducted yourself in the middle of all that. Your children need to see that, that you are a man who will look to the Word of God at all times. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Hallelujah. And you do no favors to your family when you compromise. You do not do them any favors. You know, I was, I was just kind of going through this earlier today and, and thinking about some, some different things and some different situations I've seen over the years. And, and um, I've seen children who were disillusioned because they didn't see a father being the same here and there. I mean, my own father was, was the kind of guy who was very quiet at home, didn't have much to say, 
it was a household of women. You know, my mom and two daughters. I mean, I mean, so I don't know if you know he just didn't want to talk to us. I don't know what it was. But I tell you, you get that man out amongst some other people, and it's like the life of the party. And I'm going, who are you? You know, when I realized that one day that he was different outside the house than he was inside the house. You know, it was just, but there's, that's not unusual. I don't think that's unusual, but it should be unusual for the people of God. Your actions always reveal what you truly believe and what's in, in, of importance to you. You know, so it's one thing for somebody to come to church and say, oh, yeah, God's the most important thing in my life. But what do your actions say? What do your actions say? When you leave here, when you go home, when, you, when you're out with your kids, what do your actions say? You know, I, uh, I remember something over the, over the years, somebody was telling me about something that, that um, their kids had said to them. They got up one Sunday morning, and I don't know, Dad went outside to do something with, they had a boat. Dad went outside to do something with the boat, and all the kids were like, oh, we're going boating today. We're going to the river. We're going to the river. We're going to the river. And he's going, oh, no, no, we're, no. I just need to check on something. We're going to the river. And I'm thinking, now, wait a minute. For them to have asked that question at all, tells me that there have been many times when the choice was made to go to the river instead of go to church. There was never any question. Whether we, even, even when the, there could have been a question, there was never any question. And I know many of you, there was never a question in your kid's mouth about, are we going to church today? Didn't matter what happened on a Sunday. They knew where we're going and what we're doing. They never assume that, hey, we're going to go do something else. But a, a dad who's going to lead the way he's supposed to lead has got to be consistent in what he does and what he says. Not, okay, today we go, next week we don't. Okay, now we're going, we're going, to, be, we're going to be out of church. We're just going to have some fun. We're going to play. We're going to do this you know, for the next couple of weeks, and then we're going to go back to church. You know, what does that tell kids? That it's not that important. It's not that important. Now, we all think, well, school, school's mighty important. So when the kids, do I have to go to school? Well, of course you have to go to school. But do we treat church and the things of God that same way? The way we serve him, do we do, we do that as men? You know, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to pretend I'm a man here tonight. Y'all just, that's okay. But you know what? You might say, well, what have you, why are you talking about this? Because I'm looking for some good men. I'm looking for, God's looking for some good men. God's looking for some men who will serve him, who will be Joshua's, who will say, ask for me, me first, me first. I take responsibility for me first. As for me, I will serve the Lord, but as for me and my house, it's my job as the father, the leader of this home to make sure that my family follows after me. In the things of God. There is nothing sadder than for a parent to look back at the later years of their life and see that their children did not follow in their godly steps. And you have to always go back and wonder what happened? What happened? What happened? Was there some inconsistency somewhere? Were there some actions that said something other than what the word says? Where did you open it up? What happened to all that? You know, if you look hard enough, there's always an answer. There's an answer. I do know at a certain point in life, children are responsible for their own decisions. I do know that. And I do know that I have two sons who love God today because of a lot of different things. But one of them is that they had a godly father 
who served the Lord, who loved God. You say, well, he's a pastor. Listen, I can name you a whole bunch of pastor's kids who are not serving God today. A whole bunch of them. Breaks my heart. And I'm thinking, how did this happen? How did this happen? It's none of my business. So I can't go digging into somebody else's house. All I can do is go back to my own and see what's wrong with mine and what I could have done better in, in our house. But, you know, I know it's, it's by the grace of God, not just a godly example, but a, the grace of God, you know, that my sons made the decisions that they've made to follow in their father's footsteps and to follow God for themselves and to lead their children into this. But see, that's the whole point is it has to go from generation to generation to generation to generation. If what we see in, in just in the areas of spirit-filled life is any indication, it doesn't take but a couple of generations for people to fall by the wayside. You know, I was raised in a Pentecostal home, spirit-filled home. But the next generation comes along that's not really taught anything about that, not taught about the importance of being spirit-filled. And by the third generation, the kids won't even know anything about it. You think it can't happen that fast? Yes, it does. It happens just that fast. One generation must impress upon the next how important the things of God truly are. That they're not things to be taken lightly. That they're not things to be taken for granted. That they're not things that you can just, you know, just take or, or not take. To Okay, yeah, I like this and I don't like this. No, these are things of great importance that we have to pass down from generation to generation. And so much falls on the shoulders of the fathers of these children. You know, there's a place for, for moms to come along, you know, and, and do training with children too. You know, I, I noticed over in, in Proverbs, the very first chapter of Proverbs today, one particular verse, and it talked about the instruction of my father and the law of my mother. I was the law at my house, yeah, with the kids, yeah. Yeah, um, they, would, they would run to dad. <laughs> don't tell mama. Daddy, please don't tell mama. <laughs> You know, but the Proverbs says, you know, talks about there's two parts to play here. Mom has a part, dad has a part. And it has to be a place where we have to lead your family into the, you know, it's, um, you cannot let, as a leader, you cannot let a wife or children manipulate you or intimidate you into doing what you know you have no business agreeing to do. Mm. Well, you know, there's been cases we've seen over the years where you, you saw the man of the household make certain decisions, and you knew he knew that that was not a good thing. And yet, there's that phrase, I go along to get along. Anybody ever heard that? So instead of taking a stand, Instead of standing his ground because he was going to catch it when he got home from a wife or his children were going to throw temper tantrums or they were going to say, listen, if, you're, if your teenager or your child at some point has never had the thought or said, I hate you, have not done your job as a parent. I can't, I can't exactly, and my children never said that to my face. I don't know what they said behind my back. I don't know what their thought life was, but I know they never said it to my face. But I know they thought it. I, I could tell. You know, but if you haven't had that experience and you have not done your job, because they won't like it a lot of times when you put your foot down and say, this is what we're doing, and this is what you're doing. 
And if you haven't experienced that yet, you better check up. Either your kids aren't old enough to verbalize it yet or, or you've been given in too much. But listen, you cannot compromise in these, in these areas. When you know something is the right thing to do, you must stand your ground. Again, I, you know, I go back to marriage as partnership. You know, and there are times, you know, when, when I, I look around and I think, you know, times have really changed. You know, I know what it was like it was in my parents' generation. Just before my parents, you know, it was, it was pretty much a man lays down the law in the house all the time. He makes all the decisions. You know, she just goes along with it. When my parents came along, it was still a lot that way. You know, my dad went, out and went and picked out a car, never considered my mother. My dad went and picked out a house one time that never considered my mother. You know, just decided this is what we're going to do. And she went along with it. You know, the, my generation comes along, and, and it's, it's a, it became more of a partnership. And, you know, and I think the generation that has followed us, you know, it's more of a, you know, that's an, an equal decision-making kind of thing. That's all well and good. But at some point, remember, the dad is the head of the house. And what he will compromise on to get along with the family is going to cost him at some point. It's going to cost him his marriage. It will cost him relationship with his children. It will cost his children a relationship with God sometimes. And he's got to be that leader. The fruit of compromise will show up one day. It will. Seeds that have been sown will take root and they will produce a crop at some point. It's sad, you know, when you see kids who grow, who grow up in supposedly godly homes who as soon as they turn of a certain age, suddenly they think they're adults and they can do what they please and they, and they turn from, from the things of God. Compromise entered in somewhere for them to do, make those decisions. I don't know what it was, but compromise had to enter in at some place. Your family will come to appreciate the stand you take and the decisions you make. They may not see it right then. I will tell you, I didn't see it. I remember the day, you know, and I was, I was not, still really not in fellowship with the Lord. I was back in church. Mostly it was a social engagement for me. He was serving God, had been for several years. You know, and I'm going along, you know. I, I, I like these people in, in this church we're going to. It's a church that he was raised in. And, you know, I'd been there for a lot of years too. And so, you know, it was, it was fine. And uh, my children were there, and, you know, they, it's all well and good. But I really wasn't serving God. And God had been talking to him about, about moving to another church, going from our Pentecostal denominational church to a, to a word of faith church. And so one day, he, I mean, I, I knew he'd been visiting this other church quite a bit. Never skipped church at our home church to go there. But he, he went to this other church. And one day he said to me, I need to let you know something. In two weeks from now, I am going to be making the switch full-time from this church to the Word of Faith church that I've been going to. Now, you can decide what you want to do. I'm not going to push you. But as for me and my sons, that's where we, would, where we will be going to church. Well, I knew the way he said it. There was no arguing with that. There was no discussion about that. I knew that was a decision that was locked in stone. And so I grudgingly went with him. Because, I mean, after all, how bad was it going to look? 
if he took my, my boys and himself to another church and I'm over here still. Now, what would that look like? So here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm influenced by what people are going to think. All right? Yes, I am. And so, so I went with him. And, and the pastor that was there at the time, he said, I mean, I, ha- I think I had been there a couple of times before, hadn't I? Or had I? I don't know. Maybe not. He said that the first time I ever walked in his doors, he said, if looks could kill, your wife would have had me dead several times over. <laughs> but I'm telling you what, it was the best decision for me that he ever made. Because honestly, being in the backslidden state that I was in at the time, I could have sat in my mainline, traditional, denominational, Pentecostal church and sat there because I had heard everything they had to say. And I, it, was just, it was going in one ear and out the other. Had hardened my heart to the way the Spirit of God would move in the services there. You know, I didn't want anything to do with it. Just, you know, I'm, happy, I'm here. You should be happy. I'm here. Be just grateful I'm here. But when he moved me at the direction and the leading of the Holy Ghost, when he moved our family to this other church, God was able to get through to me. Little by little, the walls came down. Little by little, a heart that was hardened got softened up. And little by little, I began to understand something about the love of God. And that he loved me the best decision. When my husband took that stand and he unequivocally said, this is the decision I have made. This is what I'm doing. You choose. I chose for a different reason than what I should have chosen for. I should have chosen it because I wanted to serve God, but I didn't. I chose it just because I didn't want to look bad. But it was the best decision he ever made for me. And it's borne fruit over the years. It's borne a lot of fruit. You know, and so... So I, I don't want you, you know, as a husband and father to say, well, it's, a, it's a hard decision. It's a decision that, oh, I'm going to get bucked on. You make that decision that needs to be made. You make it and you stand firm in it and you go for it because ultimately your family will profit from it. Your family will benefit. Things that you could never have done will be taken care of because of a decision you made that was a hard decision. You have to put your foot down sometimes and say, no, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. To be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. Just like Paul said, you follow me as I follow Christ. So how does a man become a good follower? He has to be a man of the word and of the spirit. He has to be. There's no other way to lead your family into the ways and the things of God except You are a man of the word and a man of the spirit. A man who spends time in the word, who knows what the Bible's got to say. You know, there's so much information. There is so much guidance. There's so much help. There's so much supply in the word of God. If you don't know it, you can't use it. If you don't spend some time in it, you won't know what belongs to you. It's all right there. The help is right there. You're going to need it. To, to, be a good, to be a good father, you have to have it. But you have to be a man of the spirit, which means you, you get yourself in a place where you are full of the spirit. Now, I, can I say that in, in a, just a regular church? Because they wouldn't understand what I mean by a spirit-filled life. But here, you know what I mean by a spirit-filled life. The word says to be being filled, to constantly be being filled. You have to maintain a spirit-filled life. 
and be ready to follow the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you. When he says to pray, to pray. When he says to go, you go. When he says to do anything, you do what he says. When he says don't do something, you immediately go, yes, Father. That man who will follow the direction of the Lord, follow the spirit man on the inside of him, is a man who is ready to be a good leader in a home. Ready to be a good leader. Hallelujah. A guy by the name of Ravenhill said, no man is greater than his prayer life. And yet too many men who sit in churches week in and week out are really and are ready, that is, to let their wives take the spiritual lead in the home. Your wife should not be able to outpray you. Your wife should not be able to outdo you when it comes to the word. You say, but I don't have time. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. A man who's determined to follow the word and to follow the spirit will make time. If that means getting up an hour early, you get up an hour early. If that means praying on the way to work, when you're in your vehicle alone, that means praying on your way to work, praying on your way back from work, just in a, staying in an attitude of prayer all the time. See, God's got a plan. He's got a design already laid out for what a father's ought, got, what he's got to be. Not needs to be, has got to be. Has got to be. You will need the lead, you'll need the word. You'll come up against something and you'll need to know what the word has to say about it. You'll come up against something else and you'll need to have the direction of the Holy Spirit on how to apply the words you've heard. You know, I, I remember so many times, one time in particular, you know, we had just gotten a brand new little truck, one of those little, what pastor calls sunshine trucks. You know, it's just a little, it was a little Ford Ranger. We'd had it about six weeks. And during the week, he just felt impressed to, to pray for Pastor Greg. Just protection. Pray about protection for him. Well, on Saturday, he wanted to take the truck and go into Gainesville. So, fine, you know, he, we, we let him go. It wasn't too long after he left the house, you know, a few hours, that we got a phone call that he had been in a wreck. And he almost totaled my brand-new little truck. We had only had one payment made on it. But he was not hurt. He was not scratched. Truck was a mess, but he was fine. You know, you need a spirit-filled life. You as a protector of your family cannot protect them fully unless you are full of the Holy Ghost. Because only the leading of the Holy Ghost can tell you when you need to do something, when you need to pray, when you need to do this, when you need to do that, when you need to protect your family. You have to. But I'm telling you what, there are so many places that men need to lead. You need to lead your family in faith. You need to lead them in worship. It's not enough to come to church and just stand there. Doesn't the Bible say, lifting up holy hands, let the fruit of my lips give praise to God? Well, wouldn't it be nice if men would do that when they came to church instead of holding on to the back of the chair in front of them? Got one amen over here. Wouldn't it be nice if men led the way when it comes to the move of the Spirit of God? I looked around Sunday and I thought, all the runners are ladies. Guys, why? 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 You are not exempt from moving in the Spirit. 
You're not exempt from responding to the Spirit of God. You're not leading the way. Quiet, see? Where's my leaders? When you look around most churches, you will find most churches populated more by women than by men. Where are the leaders? Where are the Joshuas? Where are they? It's up to you to lead your family when it comes to things like healing. It's up to you to lead your family when it comes to things like prosperity. To teach them what it means to be generous. To teach them what it means to be hospitable. I just picked a whole bunch of things today. To, me, to teach them what it means to, to, to reach out to other people instead of being concerned about themselves all the time. You know, I find, I find that for me, and I think it's true of most people, that when I'm having real issues in my life, when I'm having real faith projects going on, my, going on in my life, the best thing for me to do is to go minister to somebody else. It gets me out of my little place of pity party. It gets me out of my little place of anxiety. It makes me put the word in my mouth so that I hear it as well as the person I'm ministering to. They get blessed, I get blessed. There's a place for men to lead their family in that. It's a pl- there's a place to lead them when it comes to boldness. So is that why men don't, don't take the lead when it comes to a Holy Ghost service? They just, they're lacking some boldness? I don't know. You tell me. Men, you're to teach them how to live and lead them in what it's like to live holy. Lead them in living a holy life. Lead them in wisdom. Lead them in the kind of choices that they need to make. Your children see a lot more than what you think they see. They're observant more than you think. They take in much more than they think than you think. They see how you respond in every situation. It's not up to the wives, the mothers, the women of the church to lead the way. We will if we have to. But that's not what God's wanting. That's not what God's after. He's wanting men to be the leaders they're supposed to be. Men ought to lead their families when it comes to repentance. If there's something going on that's wrong, correct it. How can a child come come to you and, and, and repent of something they've done wrong if they never see you do that? Because I like I said, you know, as, as people, we're, none of us are perfect. You know, maybe, like I said before, the, as a parent, you know, sometimes you have to discipline a child and the discipline is right, but the method is wrong. There's nothing wrong with going and saying, listen, I'm sorry, honey. You know, I, you know that, that wasn't, that was, the way I did that was not right. But lead them and lead them in revival. We're, leaving, we're living in a day now where, where we, have, we have so much at stake, where we have so much that God wants to do for us. And men, he wants you to lead the way in your family. Revival starts with every person individually, but I tell you what, I believe revival starts in homes as well. It's not just an individual thing. It's a home thing. It's a church 
thing. But I'm telling you what, it has got to start with you. I heard somebody say not long ago, revival starts when men separate themselves for the Lord and they decide that the natural is worth leaving behind. As fathers, are you going to lead your family into this last day revival? As men, are you going to lead others in this last day revival? I told you when I talked about mothers a few weeks ago that even though somebody is not physically a mother does not mean they can't be a mother figure to somebody in their lives. Somebody on the job, somebody at school, somebody on, you know, just anywhere you come in contact with other people. There are people who need, need to see that. I'm telling you men the same thing. There is no reason why you can't be a father figure in somebody else's life, to give that, that fatherly advice, to, to show them what a real man looks like, where God is concerned, what a real man is looks like. Not the world's definition, but God's definition. From the time we have little boys, you know, our, our, our job should be to raise them up in, in such a way that they become mighty men of God when they're grown We think our job is just to raise them, to get them to adulthood, and let them become independent of their parents. I tell you what, that's good and that's noble. But I'm telling you, the the, the advent here that I see is that it's more important for you to raise them up to know how to be good, good believers, good servants of God, to be all that they can be. And a man will never do any better than when he leads his family into the plan of God. He'll never be a better father than when he's right there working the plan and letting the plan of God come to fruition in his family because God's got a plan. It's going to take men who are leaders to bring their families to the place where they really see the the plan of God for their family unfold to its completeness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, that's a serious topic, isn't it? It is a serious topic. And our society is being destroyed because men have not taken their place. And the enemy would like to see that happen in the church. So that's why, that's why when I look around and I see more men or less, less men than there are women in the congregation, you, you just kind of go, you shake your head. It's wonderful for a man who's a father to be a good provider and a good protector, to love his children, to love his wife, you know, to be a man of integrity, a man of honor. But a man must also be ready to lead his family into how they serve God. How they serve God. Don't leave it. Don't leave it for the mothers to do. Don't leave it for the Sunday school teachers to do. Don't leave it for the youth leader to do. That's not their job. Their job is to help you do your job. Not the other way around. And it just was on my heart, you know, this last few days. You know, that it's time for men to step up. And I want to challenge you. It's time for men of this church to step up. It's time for you to do what God has called you to do. To fulfill the place in this body that you're supposed to fulfill. 
as well as in your home. And if you're young, unmarried, it's, it's for you to fulfill the plan of God that he has for you yet to be revealed. But you know what? You, make, you take steps toward that leadership position before you're ever put in that place. You don't wait until you get there to decide, okay, what does it take to lead a family? What does it take to be the head of a house? No, you learn it. You begin to see what you need to learn. and You begin to, to, to nurture that and to grow that and to, and to see it become something that you're ready for when it happens. Too many people go into this with just kind of a, oh, oh yeah, that's easy. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. No. God's got, he's got some things he wants to show you. He's got some things he wants to develop in you so that when the day comes, you're ready. And for every man that's here, there's more that you can learn. There's more that you can do. There's more that, that God wants to reveal to you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's almost like I was hearing somebody say, in their own mind, I, I really don't know how to do that. I really, I don't, I, 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 I don't have enough confidence to do that. Oh, somebody else is so much better at this. She knows the ways of the Spirit, but I don't. Listen, you can, you can, you can know the ways of the Spirit. I remember, you know, when I finally got back in fellowship with the Lord, I was so discouraged. You know, at times the enemy just had me just all confused. And at times, and, and he would tell me, your husband is so far ahead of you that you will never catch up. And there's somebody in here tonight, a man, who's saying to himself, my wife is so much further ahead of me, I'll never catch up. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can take the place that God intends for you to take in that home. Let him fill you with his boldness. Go back to the word. And, let, and begin to meditate on the things that God has said that you are. And let yourself become acquainted with the father, the leader that he intends for you to be. See it in the word. And then to begin to put it into practice. I'll tell you what, just a short time. It won't take long. It won't take long for you to see yourself finally the way God sees you. And you'll be ready to take the place that God intends for you to take. Hallelujah. Amen. You got anything? Go ahead. Pastor Angela laid hands on you men tonight. And the laying on of hands in the book of Hebrews is described as one of the, one of the fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ. It's found in Hebrews chapter 6. So one of the fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ is the laying on of hands. And the reason for that is there are impartations that come through the laying on of hands. Things are actually imparted and ministered by the Holy Spirit from one person to another. And when the Lord anoints someone uh, to minister through the laying on of, of hands, if people, when, when hands are laid on them, if they'll be receptive, then that impartation that, and that power or that spiritual grace will flow into that person. And so I, I want you to understand that the laying on of hands is important, but I'm saying all of that so that you won't misunderstand what I'm about to say next. And that is the laying on of the hands will not 
calls you to act on what you've heard. The only thing that'll cause a man to act on what he's heard is consecration. Every man in this house has to make that personal consecration themselves to be a man of God, to be uh, a, a man of God, uh, a husband, a father, whatever uh, stage of life you're in, you have to make that, that consecration in here to do it, no matter what, regardless of the cost. And if you'll do that, that consecration will open God's, will open the door for God's ability to flow in your life. But until that consecration comes, uh, the laying on, on of hands, uh, you just hearing good preaching and even good intentions will not move you, but a consecrated heart will open the door for God to do great things in your life and make you the man that he wants you to be. Amen. And, uh, and if I can say this a little bit differently than, than what she was just saying and, and, and see another side of it, another side of this idea of catching up is that it's really not about catching up. A man who thinks, well, my wife is so much, much more spiritual than I am and she's more dedicated and she knows more about God and she knows more about the Bible or whatever that uh, argument might be. It's not really about catching up. There's a grace that God has for men. It's the grace of God to be a godly man. There's a grace and it's different than the grace upon a woman. So it's not a matter of catching up to your wife. It's just a matter of yielding yourself to the grace of God and having enough hunger and enough desire and enough uh, passion to be a, a godly man. And, and if you'll have that, the grace of God will flow through you and you'll be able to, to, to uh, be the man of God right where you are, you might not know as much about the Spirit of God. Those things do take time, but God can use you right where you are in the walk with God that you have if you'll, if you'll consecrate yourself to being a, a godly man and fulfilling the role that God has given you as a man, a husband, a father, a grandfather. Uh, if you'll do that, like I said, the grace of God will carry you far beyond where you think your spiritual limitations are. Amen. Praise the Lord. Wasn't that good tonight? Glory to God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.